Well, good morning, everyone, and a very warm welcome to everyone worshipping here today. Well, I'm a visitor myself, but if you're visiting, a special welcome to you. My name's Donnie McLeod. I worked full-time with the Faith Mission until I retired just last March. And uh, the question a lot of people ask me, are you enjoying retirement? And I certainly am, because I still get to do the things I enjoy doing and uh, have the privilege of sharing the, the wonderful message of Jesus around uh, a number of different places. And it's a privilege to be here with you this morning to share in this time of worship. Our call to worship, words from Psalm 146, verses 5 and 6, says, Blessed are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea, and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. Lord, as we come to you, we pray that we would be able to draw near to you the one who remains faithful forever. We thank you that we come into the presence of the King and we ask that we would know the help of God as we draw near to worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to continue worshipping God with words from Psalm, Sing Psalms 34. That's on page 40 of the Psalm book. The Sing Psalm section, Psalm 34. And we're going to sing verses 1 to 9. Psalm 34 on page 40, verses 1 to 9. At all times I will bless the Lord. I'll praise him with my voice. Because I glory in the Lord, let troubled souls rejoice. Verse 8. Come, taste and see the Lord is good. Who trusts in him is blessed. O oh, fear the Lord, you saints with need, you will not be oppressed. These verses from Psalm 34 to God's praise.
let's join together in, in prayer. Oh Lord, we do indeed thank you that we can draw near to you at the throne of grace. Your word even reminds us that we can come boldly to the throne of grace because it's there we obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We thank you that your word reminds us that when we draw near to God, that God will draw near to us. And that's our prayer as we begin this time of worship together, that we'll be so aware of the presence of the King of Kings, the one who inhabits eternity, who rules and reigns over all. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us, for all that we have and all that we enjoy from you. Every good and every perfect gift comes from you. We thank you for the food that we eat. Thank you for the homes that we have, the clothes that we wear, for all the unseen gifts. We give thanks. But we thank you above all for Jesus, who came into this world to seek and to save the lost. Thank you, Lord, that we can come to know you through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. What a wonderful privilege that is. What a wonderful salvation we have. That your word tells us it's a great salvation and without which there is no escape. We thank you for everyone who's been able to, to gather here today and we pray that you would bless us individually, bless us as a congregation of people, that we would be so aware of your word speaking into our hearts that we would be so aware of our own need that we could come and just bring and cast all our cares upon you because you care for us. We thank you, Lord, for each other. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you have not dealt with us as we deserve, but you've poured up upon us your grace and mercy. Thank you for the children, the young people, families. Bless the families, we pray, and the children. And we ask that they would grow to know and to, to love the Lord Jesus, and that they would be found walking with him, following him all the days of their lives. Lord, we pray for your protection to be upon them. And we ask that you would raise up a generation of people who will be found following, serving you. So, Lord, as we share this time together in your presence. We ask that you would forgive us and cleanse us from all sin and help us to be focused on the one thing that is needful, the Lord himself. We ask it in your precious name and for your sake. Amen. I want to share a, a story with the younger people. And it's great to see you. There's a, there's a few around. It's a true story. And it's a story about a dog. I think the last time I was here, I was looking back to see what a children's a story I, I had told. And that was about a dog. But this is a different one. There's a man I know. He's a friend of mine. He used to be into to sheep farming. And he, he loved his dogs. He had collie dogs. And he was very good with the dogs. He had a special dog. It was quite a young dog. And... Uh, well, he actually had to go away for a few days. So he left his brother to go out and look after the sheep while he was away. And before he went, he said to his brother, when you go out, don't take the dog. Wooly's special dog. Don't take the dog. So anyway, Wooly was away, and it was time for his brother to go out and in the evening and, and just look round the sheep to make sure they were all okay. He got the quad bike and <clears throat> got ready. But what did he take? Willie's dog. All happy on the quad bike. Away they went out to the field. And whenever he stopped, the dog jumped off and disappeared. He called and called no sign of the dog <coughs> oh dear 
So at that time their, their father was alive so he went back to the house to get his father <clears throat> and he brought him out to the field to see if he or if the dog would answer to him. So they went round, they walked around, they searched and they called. No sign of the dog. Willie's special dog. Don't take the dog. And the dog was missing. You can imagine they probably didn't feel very good at that stage. But anyway, <coughs> the father, their father, he had a plan. He went back to the house and he got one of Willie's old coats. And he brought it out to the field and he just left it lying where the dog had left from. And it was night time and they could do nothing else but just go back to the house. I'm not sure how well they slept that night. But anyway, <clears throat> when they went back out in the morning, where do you think the dog was? I think you've guessed it, have you? On Willie's coat. The dog was lying there on Willie's coat. And as I thought about that, just thinking about there was the dog knew his master, even his master's coat. He knew. And that's where he was lying. And as I thought about that, I thought about the greatest master of all, Jesus. See, in John 14 it says, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me well he definitely knew his dog he said don't take the dog and the dog definitely knew Willie even his coat do we know Jesus you see he said I know my own so what does it mean to belong to Jesus what does it mean to be one of Jesus own one of his sheep. It means all those who have come to him and have received his forgiveness have asked Jesus to be their saviour so that you are his. You belong to him. He knows you and you know him. He is the greatest master of all. When we know him, we want to be with him. We want to follow him. We want to serve him. Do you know Jesus? He is the greatest master. Because he is the good shepherd. He says I know my own. And my own know me. We're going to sing again this time. Words from Sing Psalms. Again Psalm 16. That's on page 17 of the psalm book. On page 17 of the psalm book is Psalm 16. We're going to sing verses 7 to the end of the psalm. I'll praise the Lord my God whose counsel guides my choice. And even in the night my heart recalls instructions voice. Before me constantly I set the Lord alone because he is at my right hand. I'll not be overthrown. These verses from Psalm 16, from verse 7 to the end of the psalm, to God's praise.
And if we can turn now to, to God's Word to read verses from Luke's Gospel and chapter 8. Luke's Gospel and chapter 8. I want to pick up the reading at verse 40 and read through to the end of the chapter. Luke's Gospel, chapter 8, and at verse 40. You know, when Jesus re- returned, that was returned from the area of the Gerasenes back over to Capernaum, Galilee, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And there came a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue. And falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter about twelve years of age, and she was dying. As Jesus went, the people pressed around him. And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for twelve years, and thought, and though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, Who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling, and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him, and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house came and said, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher any more. But Jesus, on hearing this, answered him, Do not fear. Only believe, and she will be well. And when he came to the house, he allowed no one to enter with him except Peter and John and James and the father and mother of the child. And all were weeping and mourning for her. But he said, Do not weep, for she is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But taking her by the hand, he called, saying, Child, arise. And her spirit returned, and she got up at once. And he directed that something should be given her to eat. And her parents were amazed. But he charged them to tell no one what had happened. Amen. And we pray that God would bless his word to us. Let's again unite in prayer. O Lord, we again bow in in your presence. We come to you and we we come as a a needy people to a God who is all-sufficient. We come to a God of miracles and so often we cease to be amazed at your greatness and your power and your glory. Lord, help us to see afresh from your word just how great God is. Help us to know, Lord, that there is nothing too hard for the Lord. We want to pray, O Lord, today for those in authority, we pray for our king and the, the royal family. And we ask that they would know your, your grace and your sustaining strength day by day. And above all, if they already don't know, we pray that they would know the greatest gift of all, the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ, the gift of eternal life. We pray for all in authority and those in government those who rule over us. And we know, Lord, that we have gone far away from the truth. We have trampled your word underfoot. 
and we just see situations that seem to be getting worse and worse but yet O Lord we thank you that we come to you the one who is able to to raise up those who would rule under the, the wisdom and the guidance of God we know as we look through your word and read your word that you you raised up kingdoms and you brought them down and so Lord we pray for a day in our own land when we would see those who, who rule and make decisions about our nations that they would be wise and that they would seek wisdom from truth that we would seek righteousness as it's righteousness alone that exalts a nation so Lord have mercy upon us we pray we pray Lord for so many troubled areas of the world today so much devastation and destruction and loss of life think of Ukraine and we think of Gaza and uh, other places as well where there's wars and where there's just so much uh, devastation and so much that is so tragic as we look on Lord you alone can make wars to cease and we pray Lord that you would intervene and that you would have mercy you would watch over your people who will be involved in in both sides of these conflicts that you would watch over them and that you would help them and strengthen them and use them during these days we pray for those who are persecuted there are those who are imprisoned and they're going through all kinds of hardships for the sake of the gospel Lord please come to them uphold your people who are persecuted those who have had to flee their homes those who are moving around in jungles trying to keep safe don't even have the basic necessities of life that, that we, we take for granted and enjoy every day oh Lord bless your own people and draw very near to them keep them strong in their faith protect them and meet their needs we pray we pray oh Lord for just your word going out today and as uh, in many places it will have gone out and we, we pray that it will be followed with a rich blessing we pray for your servants who will minister your word and those who minister so faithfully Lord bless them and encourage them use them that this might be a great day with the word, the, the gospel going forth that many people might be turned to you to look to you and to trust you Bless everyone in this congregation, we pray. And we ask that you would be with Faki as well. We pray for him. And we pray, Lord, that he would prove your sufficiency in his life every day. That you are sufficient for every need. And we pray, Lord, that we would truly know together that we would experience your presence. Those who are not so well, we remember them. And we pray for those who are mourning and missing the, a loved one we, we pray for those who mourn that they would be comforted we pray for those who are ill and those who are not able to get along to church anymore we pray that you would draw close to them where they are and that you would be meeting these needs we pray as you alone are able to do so meet with us today we pray we spread this time out before you and ask that you would have your way that you would be glorified in our midst and we ask that you would wash us and cleanse us from sin in Jesus name we pray Amen we're going to sing once more before we turn back to the passage that we've read from and this time it's in the Sing Psalms Psalm 107 that's on page 143 of the psalm book page 143 Psalm 107 and we're going to sing verses 1 to 9 Oh thank the Lord for he is good his love endures always let those whom God redeemed say this those rescued by his grace he saved them from their enemies he brought them from the lands from east and west from north and south safe from oppressing hands down to the end of verse Mark 9 
We'll stand and sing if we're able. Oh, thank the Lord, for he is good. And he returned over the other side of the lake 
the crowd welcomed him. I would like to suggest that we're in one of these categories today. And for, for some you might be saying, well, that's just a little bit too clear cut for me. I, I can't say that I have asked him to depart. If you're saying that today, can I ask you, have you welcomed him? Have you welcomed him? Because these really are the two categories that we're all in. And we'll keep that in mind as we look through and just look very simply uh, at this passage. Three headings, a desperate plea, an unexpected interruption, and thirdly and finally, a glorious outcome. So first of all, a desperate plea. And there came a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue, and falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter about 12 years of age, and she was dying. Jairus was a ruler in the synagogue, and whatever else he had grasped about Jesus, who he was and what he has done, he certainly he had reverence, he had, he had respect, he had humility. And he needed some, something more than anyone else could give. He needed more because, no doubt, with their daughter who was, who was ill and she was actually dying, they, they would have tried all they could have. To, to help her and to make her better and, and to make her well. But there was nothing of that able to help in the situation. If, if anyone was, was able to help, if there was any possibility of hope for this situation, it must come from Jesus. And, and we're told that he went and he fell at the feet of Jesus. And, and, and in doing that, he's recognizing in himself that he doesn't have what it takes to do to make any difference in this situation. He, he has nothing that's going to make any difference. And, and he's gone to the one he knows can make a difference. And he's saying to him, Jesus, I need you to come. I need you to come. And you know, my friends... That's the only way, the only acceptable way to come to Jesus. That we realize in ourselves we have nothing that's going to make any difference to the, the need that, that is the, the deepest need in all of our lives and that's that, that our sin would be forgiven. Maybe we've, we've tried everything. Perhaps like, like Jairus at the end of the day he had to come and he had to come reverently and humbly and he fell down before Jesus and he said Jesus I need you to come if there's any hope and friends that's the way with us all if there's going to be any hope for the need that is in our lives if there's any hope of heaven, if there's any way that our, our lives, our relationship with God can be restored and put right, it must and it can only be through faith in Jesus. The only acceptable way to come. But he must have been relieved that Jesus did come. He was on his way. Surely he must have been thinking in his life, he, you know, this is a, an urgent situation Jesus, you need to get as quickly as possible to my daughter. But progress is slow. It wasn't going like that. Because there was a crowd of people and they were pressing in, even crushing in around him. And you wouldn't be in a brisk walk uh, under those circumstances. Progress was slow. Jesus must have been under a lot of pressure. Knowing that his, his, his only daughter of 12 years age was dying and the, the one that could make the difference in her life. Yes, he, he has responded to Jesus' plea, his desperate plea to come, but it's slow, it's not happening. It's, it's like Jesus, yes, he's on his way, but he's taking too long. I wonder do you ever feel like that. 
Do you ever feel like that? There's a situation that you're praying about. But it's like there's nothing happening. But yes, my friend, if we're honestly and sincerely and humbly praying, there is something happening. The devil would want us to stop. The devil would want us to silence our praying. But keep on praying. Jesus is in control. Jesus did all he could. He went to the one who could make the difference. And he's on his way. But something else happens. Secondly, there's an unexpected interruption. You see, he's not the only one with need. There's other people with needs. And there was a woman, we're told in verse 43, who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years, same amount of time. The, the, the girl was 12 and she had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And so she had spent all her living on physicians. She could not be healed by anyone. And she came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, who was it that touched me? However slow the, the progress would have been up to this point, it was surely slower now. Because all this commotion happening, and the, 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 it, w- it would have been stopped. And Jesus turned around and he says, who touched me? And Peter is trying to say, if he didn't know that that lots of people are touching you. Jesus said, no, he says, someone touched me. Because I know that power has gone out from me. You see, this touch, the touch of the woman, it just wasn't an accidental touch. It just wasn't like the crowd that were pressing in on him and touching him, perhaps those who were nearest to him all the time. No, but this woman came and she touched him because she had a need. A need in her life again that couldn't be cured. She had all physicians, she spent all her money. She gave everything she had to try and Put this situation right, this discharge of blood. But nothing, no one, was any help until she came up and she touched even just the fringe of his garment, even just a a toggle that would have been flapping around on the hem of his garment. And she was healed immediately. Not just any touch. And that was wonderful, wasn't it? That was amazing. That, 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 that she, she got to him. And she touched him and she was healed. Immediately and she knew that. And that in itself was miraculous. But there's something more. There's something more had to be done for this woman. You see, she wanted to remain hidden. You can understand that because because of her discharge of blood, she would have been seen as, as unclean. And her standing in the community would have been affected by this, especially in religious circles, was affected by this illness that she had. You can understand. You know, she wanted just to go. But then she wanted to disappear. But Jesus didn't allow her to do that. What what was going to be best for this woman? You see, in Psalm 50, we read, Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you And you shall glorify me. You shall glorify me. You see, by remaining hidden and just disappearing out of sight, she wasn't giving glory to God. She needed to confess what Jesus had done for her. 
Romans 10.9 says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. See, our faith broader to Jesus, we're told that. Even to reach out and touch him. And, and her, her illness, her dis- discharge of blood, was she was healed immediately and it stopped. <coughs> but she mustn't stop short. She mustn't stop at that. She had to return. And it's good for her that she did. She had to come back. And the woman, and when the woman saw that she was not hidden, verse 47, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And of course, when she did that, what happens? Jesus gets all the glory. And look what she heard. Listen to what she heard. Verse 48. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Go in peace. Imagine what she would be missing out on if she had just disappeared back into where she was. Yes, with the miraculous healing of her body. But would she have gone with peace, the peace of God? She got the greatest thing that, that she could ever have hoped for. How, how gracious, how loving and how kind is God, is Jesus. And I wonder, I wonder if there's someone here and you know that, 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 that deep down in your life that, that your life has been touched. That, that, that Jesus has touched your life. I know this to be true. It was true with my own father-in-law. and He was coming near the end of his, his days and, and we didn't know until one day he, he confessed with his mouth that he went into his room and, and he closed the door and he prayed, God be merciful to me, a sinner. And he would have said at that time that that, that something happened. He knew that something happened in his life. But he didn't tell anyone. And nobody knew. And he wasn't giving glory to God. And he didn't have assurance. Until three or week, four weeks before he passed away. He made that known to an elder in the church. And do you know what his response was when he made it known? He said, I'm saved. Because he had confessed with his mouth. You see, he was giving God all the glory because his life had been touched. And he told, I wonder, is there someone here like that? And you know that your life has been touched, but you've never come out and openly confessed it. And you've never given him all the glory. And you're missing out because you've never done that. The crowd, they were walking along with him, along the road. But we're told in the passage that only this woman heard the words, Go in peace. Go in peace. I wonder if somebody needn't just to hear that word from the Lord today. Go in peace. While they were still speaking, someone from the ruler's house came, verse 49, said, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. Uh, what was, what was Jairus thinking at this point when he got that news? What would you or I be thinking? There are situations that we're, we're hardly even able to know what we think. We get heartbreaking news. But whatever else we're, he was thinking, we're told in the passage that he was fearful. Because Jesus knew what he was thinking and what he was feeling. And he said to him immediately, Do not fear. Do not fear. Only believe. 
And she will be well. She will be well. What what great words of comfort these were. These words, just in in, in, a, in a moment of fear, and when when such devastating, heartbreaking news had reached him, Jesus said, "Do not fear. Believe, and she will be well." I wonder is there somebody needing to hear those words from Jesus do not fear you see Jesus words are never empty words Jesus words are always backed up with actions Jesus is acting on the plea of Jairus to come my daughter who's 12 she's dying and he's on his way is he going to fail will it be too late will he ever have to say look I'm sorry I just I I just never made it on time. We have to say things like that. How often have we said that? I'm I'm sorry. I just, I'm late. I just didn't make it on time. Jesus never has to say that. Because he's never late. And he's always on time. There's a song that was written uh, on a similar theme about the death of Lazarus. It's one or two verses I'll just read them the news came to Jesus please come fast Lazarus is sick and without your help he will not last Mary and Martha watched their brother die they waited for Jesus he did not come and they wondered why the death watch was over buried four days somebody said he'll soon be here the Lord's on his way Martha ran to him and then she cried Lord If you had been here, you could have healed him. He'd still be alive. But you're four days late and all hope is gone. Lord, we we don't understand why you've waited so long. But his way is God's way, not yours or mine. And isn't it great when he's four days late? He's still on time. And he's always on time. And he's never late. Finally, glorious outcome, briefly. When he came to the house, verse 51, he allowed no one to enter with him except Peter and John and James and the father and mother of the child and all were weeping and mourning for her. But he said, do not weep for she is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him knowing that she was dead. There was quite a commotion at this house. They knew the girl had died. And in these days, in this culture, burial happened very soon after uh, the the death. And this was the the opportunity that they would have to to mourn for her. And seemingly there could have been like professional mourners there that would have wailed and, and cried just uncontrollably without sincerity. And these could well have been the people that laughed at Jesus when he said she's do not weep she is not dead but sleeping it's hard for those who don't know Jesus to accept or understand as one commentator said that life is going to triumph over death life for those who know and love Jesus and taking her by the hand he called child arise her spirit returned and she got up and directed that something should be given her to eat and her parents were amazed and the the morning it it turned to to joy and they were amazed at at the power of Jesus are we are we amazed is it possible that we've lost something of the amazement when we look at Jesus, when we read his word, to see his miraculous power, have we lost something of, of that amazement of what he is able to do, who he is, of his power? We have the woman, faith, brought her to Jesus caused her to reach out and touch him somebody might be sitting here today and saying how did she know to do that how did she know to go to Jesus and touch him how that's some amount of faith isn't it 
that, that, that she, we read that in the word that she knew that if she went and touched him she would be healed well in Mark's gospel the same account we read that she heard the reports about Jesus she heard the reports and she said if I touch even his garments I will be made well what reports might she have heard well just in the same chapter the passage leading up to the passage we've read from and thinking about is the account of the demon possessed man who lived among the tombs and he was bound with, with chains and he even broke loose from them. he was a desperate man who was possessed by, by demons just, just an angry man out of control that nobody wanted to go near but when Jesus came he drove out those demons and where was the man he was at the feet of Jesus and he was clothed and he was in his right mind the reports she heard being in that region she would have known about Jesus she would have heard of what he had done maybe she heard about the woman that wet Jesus' feet with her tears and dried them with her hair and he said to the woman your faith has saved you go in peace see word spreads she might well have heard that and thought to herself that's what I need I need peace I don't have peace if my wife was, was here Catherine and if she was able to share a little bit of her testimony she would share that she didn't have peace and she knew in her life that, that, that she needed peace she longed for peace and she had a friend who was a Christian and they sat in a, in a house and they spoke about the things of God into the, as they say in Lewis, the wee small hours of the morning. And she still didn't have peace. And she was desperate for peace. And it must have been near getting, getting nearly time to go and she picked up her car keys and on the, the key fob was a verse and it said peace I leave with you my peace I give unto you and just at that moment through the power of the word peace flooded her soul and she left that house that day with the peace of God that's what this woman knew she knew that peace and friend can I ask you today do you know that peace you can only know that peace when you come and seek Jesus when you come and call out to him when you, 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 you reach out to him you know I'm not saying today that when we reach out to Jesus that every ailment he will heal the Bible never promises that. But what it does promise is everyone who comes to him with their sin, the greatest ailment of all, when we come and we fall down before him and we say, Jesus, I, I don't have what it takes of myself to make any difference to the, the sin in my life. Jesus, I need you. Will you forgive me? Will you come into my life and be my saviour? I need peace. The peace of God that passes all understanding. And you, you know, my friends, it's all of him. It's the, the gift of faith. It's his gift. And that's what the woman had. And when we come in this way, 
will we come to one who has the power to save we can't lose the only way that we can lose out is if we refuse to come you will never know that peace you will never know his forgiveness I must finish off she left that day the words of a hymn came to me and this is what she knew I found a friend oh such a friend he loved me before or ere I knew him he drew me with the cords of love and thus he bound me to him and round my heart still closely twine those ties which none can, can sever for I am his and he is mine forever and forever I am his and he is mine forever and forever both Jairus and this woman they had to do something they set out on a journey because they knew that they had nothing within themselves that would really meet their needs they set out on a journey to to Jesus to go to him and to reach out to him and say Lord I need you to come have you ever set out on that journey because my friend today he's calling he's saying come come to me all you who labor under heavy laden and he says and I will give you rest will you come if you have never come to him before will you come if you have never openly professed your faith and you know that Jesus has touched your life will you come and give him all the glory confess what he has done for you because he alone is worthy of all glory he alone is worthy of all praise Lord we pray that you would bless this passage of your truth to us that you would help us to understand it Lord help us to come maybe some of us could be in a rut we need to come afresh we need to come to Jesus maybe there's someone who who knows today that deep down in their life that you have touched them and they've never made that known they've never confessed it with their mouth and <clears throat> given you all the glory but maybe there's someone and you just long you don't have peace and the, there's someone just longs to come to know the peace of God and he said peace I leave with you my peace I give unto you that they would know this peace you alone are able help us to come by faith help us to know the joy of the Lord in our hearts as we thank you in Jesus name Amen we're going to sing in closing words from Psalm 40 a wonderful psalm that we know so well do you know the, the Saviour who the psalmist spoke of when he said I waited Psalm 40 it's on page 259 of the psalm book page 259 he said I waited for the Lord my God and patiently did bear at length to me he did incline my voice and cry to hear and it says he took me he took me from a fearful pit and from the miry clay when we could do nothing for ourselves when we were sinking deeper into the, the sin in our lives he took me 
and on a rock he set my feet he put a new song in my mouth our God to magnify many shall see it and shall fear and on the Lord rely oh blessed is the man whose trust upon the, the Lord relies respecting not the proud nor such as turn aside to lies it's not the proud but it's the humble that will come to him and bow down to him that he will lift up and he will draw out of the, the mire of sin and he will place your feet on the rock Christ Jesus a firm place to stand and not just that he'll put a new song into your heart a song of praise to God may we have that new song Psalm 40 verses 1 to 4 to God's praise Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you.